You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Okay, turn to 2 Kings chapter 9. 2 Kings chapter 9. For the guests here, I, I do want to invite you back when our pastor is here. Uh, they'll be here Wednesday. They'll be here Sunday. Um, he, he, he'll be here for, for the rest of the year. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach. Um, but don't, don't judge the church. Don't judge our pastor based on my preaching, I, if I can ask you that. So come back when he's here, and you'll definitely be blessed. And so really, th- this message just came... Um, came from my, my own personal time in walk with the Lord. Um, and, you know, I, I never really noticed this story um, any other time that I, I was reading through my Bible or, or through Second Kings. And this, this time it, it really caught my attention. And, and the Lord really, really used this um, in my life. And so um, I, I, don't, I don't know how long it's going to be, and I don't know how great it's going to be. I don't have some big introduction I don't have some big story to tell you, um, but this is just something that, that the Lord really used in my life. So um, let's, let's look at, look at uh, 2 Kings chapter 9. So I, I'm, I'm just going to go through this and um, try to explain this story here. Um, there's not really a, a great place to start except the beginning. So it, it, it's, it's in chapter 9, and here's Elisha and Jehu. We're, we're going to be talking about King Jehu. So look at verse 1. It says, And Elisha the prophet called one of the children of the prophets and said unto him, Gird up thy loins and take this box of oil in thine hand and go to Ramoth Gilead. And when thou comest thither, look out there for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in and make him arise up from among his brethren and carry him to, in, uh, carry him to an inner chamber and take the box of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and tarry not. But let's go ahead and pray before we get into it. God, I'm just thankful for the good day you've already given us in your house and uh, the great message you gave us this morning from Brother Spillman and just the the great singing, the great choir special. And I'm just thankful for it. We've already been blessed. And so I I just pray for a few moments that you'll help us to, to lock in and help us to get everything that we can from, from this story. And I'm thankful for, for how you use this in, in my life, how you convicted me. And I pray that I can get that across to uh, the people here. I pray you'll speak to hearts and, and speak in spite of me and, and speak through me. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So here we have Jehu. And Jehu was, um, here, here he, he's just being anointed as a king of Israel. Before this, Jehu was a commander in, in the army of, of Ahab before God chose him to, to be king. And so, so here in the, the first few verses, then Je, Jehu is anointed as king of Israel to accomplish a, a very specific uh, thing for the Lord. So let, let's look at that in, in, verse, uh, in verse 6. And he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed thee king over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. 
And thou shalt smite the house of Ahab, thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. So God's purpose for Jehu is very clear. His one purpose for, for making Jehu king was to destroy and avenge um, all the deaths that Ahab and Jezebel had caused. If you've been in church very long, if you've been reading your Bible for very long, then you know Ahab and Jezebel were not good people. They, they were very, very evil, in fact. Um, very, very bad people. And notice that the Jacob family did not name one of their kids Jezebel. Now, they have all the J names. One of them is not Jezebel. There's a reason. There's a reason. They, they're wicked people. It's a wicked lady. Um, and I, and she, she was even worse, worse than Ahab. They, they killed many, many uh, of the Lord's servants, uh, of God's people. They, they uh, did a lot of things against the Lord. And they wrought a lot of persecution. And God doesn't take persecution against his people lightly at all. At all. And, and again, I'll look at verse 7. He says, um, that I may avenge the blood of the servant, uh, of my servants, the prophets, in the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. And it goes on and, and he explains um, how he wants him to destroy all the remnants of Ahab. All the descendants should be completely destroyed. So this is Jehu's mission. And it's quite, it's quite a mission. That's quite an undertaking. Because um, as we'll see, there's a lot, a lot of descendants of Ahab left. So Jehu is anointed king of Israel. And it's made to the people. It's made known to the people that were there, um, but he, he doesn't really want want word to spread yet because of his mission. People might start scattering, might start panicking. Um, so immediately, Jehu gets to work trying to fulfill what what God desired for him, trying to fulfill God's will. So through verses 15, 15 to twenty nine, then Jehu goes to to kill uh, the king. Joram and King Ahaziah, and I, 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 don't, I wish we could go through, through the whole thing um, because it's, it's pretty incredible. It's actually pretty, pretty um, bloody, pre pretty gory. Um, it's, to me, it's one of, one of the most gory uh, couple chapters in the Bible. So I'm not, I'm not going to read all of it, um, but Jehu was very passionate and, and had some great zeal in carrying out this command from the Lord. Look, look at verse 22. Uh, verse 22 of chapter 9. And it came to pass when Joram saw Jehu that he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, What peace? So long as the whoredoms of thy mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many. And this is, this is Joram's, Joram's response. And Joram turned his hands and fled and said to Ahaziah, There is treachery, O Ahaziah. And Jehu drew a bow with his full strength. And smote Jehoram between his arms. <clears throat> and the arrow went out at his heart. And he sunk down in his chariot. Obviously pretty, uh, pretty dramatic stuff here. So Jehu come, comes to Jezreel where, where uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, so he, kills, he kills Jehoram. And then, then later he, he follows Ahaziah. He kills Ahaziah. Those were two, two kings, two descendants um, of, of Ahab and Jezebel. So he takes care of that. Then he goes into, <clears throat> into verse 30 through 37. And he comes to Jezreel, where, where Jezebel is at. And long story short, 
he, he has, he has Je, uh, Jezebel thrown out of a window, and then he, he goes into town and gets a bite to eat. And um, Jezebel dies there from the fall, and, and she, he, he takes care of that. So there, there goes Jezebel. She was still alive. Ahab had been, had been killed earlier. So there goes Jezebel. Then you get to um, verses 10, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 10, and then you get to verse, verse 1. And so obviously, obviously Jehu is, um, is, is coming through and it's a war path. He, he's, he is destroying everything, everything in his path. And it, it's what he's supposed to do. But in, in verses 1 through 11, then, then Jehu sends out a letter to um, all those who basically raised um, Ahab's descendants. There, there's 70 uh, of Ahab's descendants. And basically tells them to behead the guys and, and send them to him. Pretty, pretty crazy. This guy, this guy is, is out of his mind. It, it's wild. I can't even believe it. Um, so look, look down at verse 9. Uh, 9 of chapter 10. And it came to pass in the morning that he went out and stood and said to all the people, Ye be righteous. Behold, I conspired against my master and slew him. But who slew all these? Know now that there shall fall unto the earth nothing of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spake concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord hath done that which he spake by his servant Elijah. So Jehu slew all that remained of the house of Ahab in Jezreel, and all his great men, and his kinfolks, and his priests, until he left him none remaining. So Jehu, Jehu is getting it done. He, he is really getting it done. He, he was obviously very passionate about um, carrying out everything that God had, had asked him to do. He said, nothing shall fall to the ground that, that the Lord uh, has told me, that the Lord um, has for, for his will. So he, he's passionate. I, I don't think you can, you can read those verses and see what he's done so far and not realize that the Jehu is, is passionate. He has zeal. He is completely sold out to doing what, what God has asked him to do. So then now let, let, let's, go, let's go to verse, verse 12. Verse 12, look at it. It says, um, uh, let me make sure I flipped one page too far. Okay, so verse 12 of chapter 10. And he arose and departed and came to Samaria. And as he was at the shearing house in the way, Jehu met the brethren of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and said, Who are ye? And they answered, We are the brethren of Ahaziah. Remember, that's a a descendant of Ahab and Jezebel. And we go down to salute the children of the king and the children of the queen. And he said, take them alive. And they took them alive and slew them at the pit of the shearing house. Even two and 40 men, neither left he any of them. So Jehu comes and he, he tricks these guys and he makes them think that they have hope. They don't. And he kills them. I know this is very, this is very, very strong. This is a, this is a strong passage. Um, but again, th this is going to, to prove the point that the Jehu is very zealous, very passionate about what, what God had asked him to do. So then look, look at verse 15, verse 15 of chapter 10. And when he was departed thence, he lighted on Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he saluted him and said to him, is thine, heart, is thine heart right as my heart is with thy heart? And Jehonadab answered, it is. He's wanting to make sure, are, are, you, are you on my side? Do you, do you believe in what, what I believe in? 
And Jehonadab answered, it is. If it be, give me thine hand. And he gave him his hand, and he took him up to him into the chariot. So here Jehu comes across this man named Jehonadab. So I never, never heard of Jehonadab. And so I, I, was, I was interested to see why he, he would ask what he, he's about to ask um, in the next verse. Because um, I, it, it, it just struck me. It struck me a little different. So, so Jehonadab. Apparently, he, he was a son of, of Rechab, and I don't know if I'm saying that right, but we're going to go with it. Um, he was the son of Rechab and the leader of a group called the, the Rechabites, or Rechabites, however you want to say it. Um, they, they were a group among the people of God, among Israel. Um, they, they were nomads. They lived in the desert, and they were known, they were known for their commitment to the Lord. They, uh, they didn't drink any wine. They, they, didn't, um, they, they, they lived a very... Um, poor life, if you can call it that, and they depended solely on, on the Lord for their sustenance. They, they were separatists to, to the core, strong patriots. They, they lived um, in protest to the materialism, the religious uh, compromise that was going on in Israel that time. They were a, a very respected, a very, very respected group and very religious group. And so, this, this man is a leader of that group, a very religious man, a very respected man. And look, look, at, look at what uh, Jehu asks him in verse 16. And he said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. So it's, it's clear, we're starting to see Jehu's heart, his real heart here. Jehu wanted others to see his zeal for the Lord. He, he, wanted, he wanted Jehonadab to see what he, what he was doing, how, how good he was. Jehu was hungry for the approval of this popular religious leader and, and reformer. And honestly, it, it isn't too, I, I don't think it's too cynical to think that, that Jehu wanted to use Jehonadab to, to add le- legitimacy to his, his king, his kingdomship. Um, I, I think I think he he just wanted um, the approval of Jehonadab. I, I think it made Jehu feel good, like like he was a, a godly man, or, or it made him feel good that that a godly man such as Jehonadab would approve of his works for the Lord, and and he did because he he did he did have zeal, but you start to see that that Jehu was was pretty proud of his service to the Lord, pretty proud of the things that that he was doing. So they go on, they go on together, and Jehu, and I'll, I'll just summarize this next portion here. But Jehu gathered a, a bunch of people together and worked some of his magic again. He told them that if they thought Ahab served Baal a lot and, and, and loved Baal, just wait till you'll see what, what old Jehu can do. And you, you've never seen someone worship Baal like Jehu. So Jehu sets up this big, this big party basically for, for Baal. Um, he, he's going to make up this big sacrifice for Baal, the, the, the pagan god. And he gets every Baal follower that he can find so, so that they can witness this. He, he, wa- he wants all the Baal followers to see this great act that he's about to do for Baal. And in fact, the verse says that, that there was not a single Baal worshiper left out of Jehu's party. And so... Long story short, Jay, Jay Hugh has them all killed. Surprise. I mean, 
Come on. He, he, gets, he gets all the Baal followers in, in this whole kingdom. He gets them all in the room. He, he sends out all the people of God. And he gives this sacrifice. And then um, I mean, he, he basically ends up sacrificing them himself. Um, and he destroys all, all, the, all that remained of Baal in Israel. It's crazy. Look, look, look at verse 28. It's very simple. Thus, Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel completely. He, he, he got Baal completely out of Israel. So, and, and if, you, if you could read the, the whole chapter yourself, you'd see this, is, this guy was sold out. He did. He, he, what he did for the Lord, he did very well. And that's a testament in, in, verse, in verse 30. You see that the Jehu did what God had asked him to do, and he did it really well. Look at verse 30. And the Lord said unto Jehu, Because thou hast done well in executing that which was right in mine eyes, and hast done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in mine heart. That's a big statement. He, he did all, everything that, that God wanted him to do concerning the house of Ahab. Um, he said, According to all that was in mine heart, thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. So God, God acknowledged that Jehu had zeal, that he carried out the commands that, that, that God had given him. He carried it out, and he even did it really well. He did it really well. He carried out this command from God with excellence. And, and again, the, the language just it, it strikes me. It, it says that everything that was in God's heart, that's what, that's what Jehu did. That's pretty incredible. So you see, see that, that Jehu um, really did well with, um, concerning God's will. And God rewarded him. God rewarded him for his zeal, for his obedience in that area. That, that for, for four generations, his descendants would, would be on the throne in Israel. But if, if Jehu did so great for the Lord and followed exactly what, what God desired um, in his heart to, to the T, then why don't we really hear about Jehu very much after this? Why, why don't we really hear about him anymore? Why, why isn't he up there with the greats like Abraham and Moses, David, Joseph? I mean, with what he did, you, you would think there'd be, be chapters dedicated to him, especially after what, what, God, what God said about him. Well, I, I believe it's because of what, of what was said in the next verse. Look at, it, look at it in verse 31. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart. For he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. Though Jehu had great zeal for the work of the Lord, though he did this, this great big thing for the Lord, he didn't have a relationship with him. He didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Jehu placed more focus on the outward things that he did for the Lord, this big thing, rather than focusing on the inward things that would lead to a real relationship with God. Jehu did, did really, well, really well at the big thing that God wanted him to do, that God asked him to do. And he did it with excellence. He did it very well. But that's not all God looks for in a person. God desires to use people who not only do the good things on, on the outside, who do big things with, with zeal and with passion, but people who first seek him with their whole hearts, with all their hearts. Because Jehu didn't walk with God with his whole heart, 
he ended up, he ended up missing what, what God really desired to do with him. And, and I, I believe that, that it led to, to Jehu not dealing with sin properly. And it not only affected his usefulness, um, but it also affected the, the usefulness of Israel as well. Look at verse 32. Actually, look, look, at, look at 29 first. How be it from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, Jehu departed not from after them, to wit, the golden calves that were in Bethel and that were in Dan. Then 32. In those days, the Lord began to cut Israel short. And Haziel smote them in all the coasts of Israel, from Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, the Gadites, and the Reubenites, and the Manassites, from Aurora, which is by the river Arnon, even Gilead and Bashan. Now the rest of the acts of Jehu and, and all that he did and all his might, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Jehu slept with his fathers, and they buried him in Samaria. And Jehoahaz his son reigned in his stead. Now I, I believe that God wanted to use Jehu to lead Israel back, um, back to God and to get, get right with God. But instead, because Jehu, the leader, didn't walk with the Lord, Israel was punished as well. He let sin stay in his life, and he also let sin stay in Israel. And we, we really don't see much of Jehu after this. We actually don't see anything of Jehu after this. Um, he, he was kind of a, a one-hit wonder in, in the Bible. I believe it's because he put his zeal for the big things before a real relationship with the Lord. You know, it, it's sad. It, it really is. But many times this, this mindset is not only found in Jehu, but it's found in, in, in many of us. You know, it's, it's easy to, to get up for the big things, to get excited for the big things that we get to, get to do for the Lord. It's easy to, to get excited about um, participating in, in making the church look better through work days, different things like that. It's easy to get excited about a choir special or, or singing a special in, in church. It's exciting to be able to host a meeting like the church planners conference that, that we got to host a few weeks ago. It's exciting to have the missions revival. That, that was a, a huge week to, to see God work through that. It's exciting to, to give our faith promise. That, that's a, a big, big deal for us. I can't tell you how excited I was uh, to see how much the, the church gave to faith promise. And, and I enjoyed it. It's awesome. It's easy. It's going to be easy to get up for friend day and, and invite a bunch of people to church. And, and it's an anniversary Sunday. It's our 60th anniversary. And you know, I, I think we, we do a great job as a church getting up for big days and getting excited. And I, and I honestly think we do them really, really well. Really, really well. Um, and that's not a bad thing at all. That is not a bad thing. But, oh, well, and we, we ought to seek to do everything that we can for the Lord. The big days, all of it. We, we, ought to see, we ought to seek to do everything that we can for the Lord with zeal, with excitement, with passion, and with excellence. With, with everything that we can do, we ought to do that. But if all we do are the big things as a church, and we're not known for having a church full of people that wholly seek the Lord with all their hearts, and we're going to miss out on so much more that the Lord wants to do with Eastside Baptist Church. You know, personally, it's really easy to get, to get up and get dressed up for Sunday, look the part, act the part. You know, it's easy to get up and, and sing in the choir. It's easy to, to share a men's prayer meeting devotion and pass out tracks to others. It's easy to offer to help to do the big projects at church. Why? 
Because all, all those things are in front of others. Those are all big things that, that we get to do. And, and honestly, a lot of those things you're, you're going to get a pat on the back for. You're, you're going to get a good job. And again, remember, th these things aren't bad. They're not bad at all. And, and we'll be rewarded for those things, just, just like Jehu was. But many times, we have zeal for those things and do well at those things. But when it comes to our walk with the Lord, it's hard to get up in the morning. It's hard to stay awake during a prayer time. A lot of times, we just settle for doing the big things at church, the big things in our, in our personal life with the Lord. We give our all to that. When we first need to start with how well we seek the Lord and our personal walk with Him, our relationship with the Lord. Well, what, what does it look like to, to seek the Lord with, with your whole heart? I'm, I'm not going to go in, into a lot of details here because I, I, I trust your, your, your Bible IQ. You, you've been in church for, for a long time. Um, but obviously, one, that, that means that you read and apply God's word to your life. Every morning, you seek Him first. If you're, if you're doing it with your all, you're not just reading to, to get through it, to, to mark something off. But you're reading, then meditating on a verse and, and asking the Lord how you can change, how you can apply that. You're, you're memorizing scripture as well. Seeking, with, seeking the Lord with your whole heart also means that, that you're praying to him, seeking his will for every area of your life. You're praying for others, bearing, bearing the burdens of others. And, and, and even during, during your Bible reading, you're, you're praying and, and asking the Lord to, to speak to your heart. And you're willing to listen and then change and apply what, what God has spoken to you about. That, that's, what, that's what seeking the Lord with your whole heart looks like. And I know that, that doesn't sound too complicated, and, and it, it really isn't. But if you've been saved for any amount of time, then you know, you know how hard that can be. You know the challenges that, that come with, with just getting up and reading your Bible, getting up and praying. But if you've been saved for, for any amount of time, you also know how rewarding a real relationship with the Lord can be. If we don't make the decision to seek the Lord, to walk the Lord with our whole heart, with all of our heart, then we're going to end up like Jehu. We're, we're going to miss out on what God, um, he, so he, he missed out on what God wanted him to do, what, what God wanted to do with him, not realizing that there was sin in his life. Sin that not only affected him and his usefulness, but also Israel's. When we don't walk with the Lord with all our heart, we, we tend to let things slide. We tend to kind of let things go. And we, we let sin go unconfessed. And it's not only going to affect how God can use you, it's going to affect how God can use your family how God can use your church family, how God can use Eastside Baptist Church. You're, you're going to miss some things. So I want to ask you, are, are you putting zeal and passion for, for the big things in your life, the big things here at church? Are you putting passion and zeal into those things and then kind of just forgetting about seeking the Lord and walking with the Lord with your whole heart? Are you putting the big things for the Lord before you're seeking to walk with him with your whole heart? If you are, again, you're going to find yourself like Jehu, doing the big things with zeal, doing, doing them well even, but missing out on what God could really do with your life, letting sin go, and 
thus rendering your life useless to the Lord. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, want, I don't want that to, to be me. And I know I, I, I can come here and I, I work here at the church. So I can fill my life with lots and lots of big things. I, I, can, I can come in on a Sunday morning, get ready for men's prayer meeting, lead singing on a Sunday morning, lead the choir, and I can come, get ready for choir practice, do choir practice, and do all these things in front of people. I can come in on, on a Tuesday and, and get ready for, for a day like Friend Day or get ready for a, a missions revival, get ready for a Wednesday night, practice with the orchestra. I can do all these things in front of people. But if I don't first wholly follow the Lord in my own personal walk with him, if I'm not seeking his will and seeking God with my whole heart, none of this is going to matter. You can come in, you can sing in the choir, you can sing a special, you can come in here, you can help the church and do these big things for the church. But if you don't seek him first, if you don't follow after him, you're missing it. You're missing it. Don't let, don't let zeal and passion for the big things, don't just do all the big things with passion without first doing the little things and seeking the Lord with passion, with zeal. You know, you, you look at King Jehu, you don't really see much else from King Jehu because he, he put the big things, he put the big things that, that he would do in front of people first. You can be like him and, and really, really be a nobody. Or you can be like King David, who, who did big things for the Lord. And, and honestly, is one of the, um, he, he holds one of the biggest Bible stories um, that anyone would hear. King, it, it, about David and Goliath. And you see all these big things that he did for the Lord. But you know where it started? It started with him seeking the Lord first. With him in, in a pasture, watching some sheep. When, when no one else were looking, no one else was looking. And you can read the Psalms and you think, man, that's, that's amazing. But it all started with him seeking the Lord when no one else was around, when no one else was watching. And then the big things came. But which, which do you want to be like? You want to be like a King Jehu who does something big for the Lord and it's just a, a flash in the pan? And then after that, it's just kind of dead? Let sin stay in your life? Render yourself useless for God? Or do you want to be like a, a man like King David? That God said he, he was a man after his own heart. But to first seek the Lord when no one else is around. Things that you do from the inside out. If you'll first start to seek the Lord with your whole heart. Seek him first before anything else. Then the inside, it's just going to come out on the outside. And then you'll be able to do the big things with zeal, with passion. You'll be able to be rewarded for those things. But it first starts on the inside. Works itself inside and out. So I, I, don't, know, I don't know how the Lord would, would um, speak to you tonight. I, I know that he spoke to me. And many times we can put zeal over a relationship with the Lord. Zeal for the big things over seeking the Lord with our whole heart. How, however God's responded to you, then I, I encourage you to give him, give him a response tonight. So let's stand. I'm going to pray. And then we'll, we'll get into the invitation tonight. God, again, I, I just want to thank you for the, the opportunity to be here and to be in your word. And God, I'm thankful for how you've spoken to my heart through this and, and just humbled me through it. How so many times, God, I, I, I put doing big things, um, 
before seeking a real relationship with you. And, and um, so many times we can, we can do things on the outside and, and we get a pat on the back, um, but then you, you convict us and we realize that we, we did that for men. We, we did that for others. We do big things on the outside, but in our relationship with you on the inside, and it's almost non-existent. But God, I pray that you'll help us to seek you with our whole hearts before we try to, to do something big, before we try to do things for others, God, that we first just have a relationship with you and seek you with our whole heart. So I pray you help us to respond and respond in a way that, that would honor and glorify you. And it's in your name I pray, amen. God speaking to you, then give him, give him the honor of a response. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.